Hello and welcome to the Hey Mama podcast. Supporting women to make soul-centered and heart-driven decisions in motherhood. Going back to basics, changing our stories and trusting ourselves. I'm Emily. And I'm Annabelle. Hey Hey, Mama. Mama. Welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're starting a new season and we are starting off with the lovely Jill, who's going to be talking about conscious education. So Jill is a mama of three boys. She is an educator, a story weaver, and she's an inspiration to both adults and children alike and she's been especially an inspiration to me on my own journey as well and I'm just so grateful to have her here to talk all about this because it's not only a passion of hers but it's also a passion of mine so really excited to share it with you welcome Jill welcome thank you thanks Emily that's a really beautiful introduction so (laughs) thank you I'm grateful to hear those words yeah, oh, thank you. No, so grateful for you. Um, and yeah, we were just chatting before and saying that, um, you know, we're we're in lockdown now here in Perth. Um, so you might hear lots of background noise because we've got um, kids around and everything feels a little bit different. I'm actually down in Denmark in WA and we've just stayed down here. We were already down here when the lockdown happened. So we're camping and you might hear lots of birds and kids around. So yeah, this is this is what it's like, isn't it? Juggling everything. <laughs> um, but we still wanted to, you know, do the show and and share this with everyone. So let's get into it. Um, yeah, Jill, where do you want to start? Do you want to talk a little bit about you and and your journey? Um, yeah, I'll yeah. Yeah, whenever I'm asked this question, I always just kind of think, okay, well, where can we start? Like, where where does the journey actually start? But <laughs> I'll just go with whatever um, feels right for this sort of uh, conversation. But um, I think I've always, I've always been interested in the idea of learning. You know, I think even when I was a, a little kid, learning was something that just I was really hungry for it. And you know, books, stories, just learning in any capacity, and. I had quite a positive experience in school, I guess, on the surface level, but um, some of my work in more recent times has has led me to kind of reflect on that and maybe rethink it and maybe we'll end up talking about those sorts of things in this conversation. But Mm. I did end up studying, um, actually I studied creative writing and philosophy as my first degree and then you know, um, often got asked, but what are you actually going to, what are you going to do for a job? Like, are you going to be a writer or a philosopher? (laughs) Um, And I'd get asked those questions all the time. And I always had education there as well, just because I loved learning environments. And so I I did my teaching degree and I taught in South Korea and I kind of um, bounced about the place teaching in different areas. I was always drawn though to more, I guess, you know, we say the words um, alternative styles of education. Uh, one of my mentors, though, used to say to me, don't call them alternative styles of education, just call them choices, you know. Like mm-hmm. she wanted to um, really put out there that it doesn't have to be, you know, the maybe the stigma that comes with alternative education. It's just she wanted to open up this view that they're just choices, right, so whatever choice you make. So that really resonated with me. And even though when I was working in those alternative schools, I was still finding that juggle really difficult of having my own three boys, teaching, just that's just life, right, I guess, these days. And some of the stuff that I was seeing in the education system was really, I guess I spent a few years just observing and just being curious and and also being frustrated and what's this all about and seeing a lot of stress I guess that's my main kind of motivation, a lot of stress and anxiety in not just children but uh, teachers and parents and myself. I was, you know, um, stressed as well as a teacher and a parent. And the one thing I do know about learning is you can't learn to the best of your ability if you're stressed because the body will just not prioritise that because it will prioritise other needs. And it just started me thinking, I wonder what, other ways there are like thinking about what my mentor teacher said like what other choices 
are out there that we just haven't seen yet because we've become so accustomed to seeing education in a certain way. So I just got really experimental with it and started teaching my own classes outside a traditional system and it's just grown from there. Then I've met, you know, people like yourself, Emily, who that that resonates with and I think it's just that's what I see is the biggest part of my journey now is just helping people create different ways for learning and education and I don't like to like put too many boundaries around what that might look like because I think for creativity to really flow you don't want to get too boxed in so it's I'm always interested and excited to see hear from other educators and parents as to what you know they're thinking as well because you know homeschooling is something that we're doing with my boys at the moment um, and again, that's just another choice. I don't see homeschooling as the way or the only way, but I feel that that's a one way we can kind of give ourselves a little bit freedom to then create other ways, if that makes sense. So when you're homeschooling, you obviously haven't got your children enrolled in another school system, so you can get a little bit creative with programs and designing a learning environment that suits your child and your family and just there's more and more teachers stepping out of the system and offering these like yourself Emily and and myself I do my teaching with kids under the um under born wise that's like my business name and then working on conscious education is more of a philosophy and a community and that's got a lot of people putting input into that group I guess so yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, the work that you're doing is so important and it feels like it's just really needed at the moment. Like, um, it seems that, uh, I don't know if it's just the community that we're kind of involved in Jill or, or what, but there seems to be a massive desire for this, for a change that parents are noticing that, there's just something lacking in the education system and so many parents are moving forward in their parenting, um, changing that kind of style and realizing that, you know, what we've been doing for the last goodness knows how many years in parenting is just really not working because what we're seeing in adults is just, you know, a lot of anxiety and, and other mental health issues. Um, And I think that that's really paving the way then for education because they're like, okay, well, I'm changing the way that I'm doing parenting, but the school system isn't following that same kind of philosophy and that same understanding of um, the child as as a whole being and and respecting that, I guess. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I feel like there there is this massive – yeah, need for it at the moment with all this realisation around that. Um, so I'd love to just even talk to you about um, like defining what conscious education is. Yeah, that's that's such a good question and it's something I reflect on a lot. Same with the conscious parenting, you know, that, that might mean something a little bit different to uh, different people. And, again, I try to keep it just quite a general Uh, understanding in my head because I don't want to I'm always conscious of not wanting to lose ideas and potential by boxing in definitions too much does that make sense that's just me that's how I work so yeah so the way I define conscious education in my head is just to to be constantly bringing that conscious awareness to what are we doing and why are we doing it yeah and that's pretty simple I guess it's it's in the sense that you know I mean I don't you don't want to say that the other system's been <laughs> unconscious um yeah because there's a, plenty of people working in that system through a conscious space as well but yeah it's it's just always kind of reflecting a reflective practice of, of why are we doing this who is it serving and if we start to really observe it with a little bit of that curiosity and even non-judgment and stepping back, seeing what is actually going on, is this working? Like assessing, you know, sometimes I, I feel like if 
people were to look at the education system with the same lens they would put on their business, they might, you know, see that, hey, some of these things aren't actually working anymore. Maybe they're not working for the kids. Maybe it's not working for the teachers. And sitting in that space of, okay, things aren't working and then creating change from there. So I guess for me that that is always the the main idea I've got about conscious education is just bringing it back to me and going, what's going on here? Is this working? What changes can I make to make it better? Just practicing consciousness in that space and also bringing a lot of openness to the fact that what is working for me might not be the same as somebody else. You know, we talk about homeschooling a lot and I'm really aware that for some people that's it's not an option, you know, like taking their kids, they need their kids to be somewhere if they have to work, you know, that's a reality for some people. So it's going, okay, well, what what um, conscious practices can we bring to the current system? What conscious practices can we bring to provide um, respite for families who are homeschooling or want to homeschool but can't have their kids at home? every day so that's where our programs come in I guess Emily so it's it's just yeah about options and but I think that's such a good question to ask people because you know what what do you see I guess as conscious education like what what does that look like for you I think we're quite similar because we've spoken a lot about it no definitely very similar I I um I really do see it as just um looking at it from um, almost like above, you know, like looking at it from a bird's eye view and seeing it as a, as a whole and seeing like, okay, well, what, what, what is working for this child? And, um, you know, usually we're going to talk about our own children, right? And, um, yeah, so what I would do for one child is going to be completely different to what I would do for the other child. And unfortunately that isn't going the school system just doesn't do that. They can't do that. And we learn in our teaching degree, or I certainly learn in my teaching degree, that we cater for each individual and we make individualized programs and we, you know, we work with the individual child and it's all about just meeting their specific needs and how they learn. But then you get into the school mm. system, you start teaching and you can't do that. You've got 30 children, you've got all of this planning to do, you've got zero time, you were absolutely burnt out. Um, you know, there are not many teachers, if any, who are working with each individual child and their specific needs, right? So mm-hmm. for me, I just feel like, yeah, conscious education is being really aware that um, all children are totally different and we can't box them into certain categories. Um, and yeah, oh gosh, so much more, so much more. Um, even just think, even just what we're teaching them and um, what I feel like is appropriate for them to learn um, so that they can actually enjoy the learning process and yeah. be lifelong learners. Yeah, and I know for me specifically in the program that I do because I'm working with uh, younger children, like four to six, I really believe that no education, no teaching, no, you know, planning to an extent is, is even necessary because what's so important in those first seven years of life is children's emotional well-being and mm-hmm. their um, how they feel about themselves and how they relate to other people. It's all about the social, emotional, and, and unless that is really well kind of has got a good foundation they're never going to be able to learn because they're going to be constantly battling with that so yeah for me it's definitely about getting that really strong and getting that really good sense of of being before even going into any kind of education Um, and we're learning all the time anyway you know everything we do we're learning everything the kids do they're learning so yeah, yeah going off on a tangent here so no I think that's perfect like because it's just you know it's it's sort of led me to a few points that I would always love to make about this topic and that um you just hit it on it there Emily when you said about the natural learning we're learning from life anyway so I work with mums and I do some one-on-one consults and 
when often when we first do the first call, there's a lot of stress and anxiety about school choice, right? Like, you know, um, where, where should I send my child to school or I want to homeschool, but I'm not in the position to homeschool. And I see that that worry is causing, I mean, it's very hard for us to, to make decisions when we're in that state of fear and worry and, you know, what am I, I'm going to make the wrong choice for my child. But when you start to tap into this idea of natural learning and that we learn through life and that life and education is way beyond the hours of eight and three or nine and three, whatever a school day looks like, and it goes way beyond, you know, even the physical boundaries of a schoolyard, for me, there's a lot of freedom in that because regard, even if you send your children to school because that's the choice you have, you send them to the local public school because that's the best choice for your family logistically and practically, when you open yourself up to acknowledging that they're learning from you from the moment they get out of bed in the morning to the moment they go to sleep at night, they're still learning in their sleep. You know, mm-hmm. dreaming is a massive part of processing learning and that rest time. So for me, when we start to tap into, well, natural learning, regardless of what system I have to sign up for, because that's where my, you know, that's where my, what my life currently looks like, you start to realize you have more empowerment and you have more freedom and you have more choice. And that's to me, actually, what I think conscious education is really about, you know, going, my children, my oldest two boys have been in the the local public school system before. And when things have happened in the school system that are directly opposite (laughs) to some of our family values, I have to use those moments as teaching and learning moments, you know, like I, I have to, because that's what life is. And that's what I'm constantly sort of saying to my to my boys, like life and learning doesn't end with school. School's just a, a fraction of the, the journey. But we've grown as a society to put so much emphasis on the school system, which I imagine is just making more stress for teachers and more stress for children and more stress for parents if they're thinking, oh, my God, my five-year-old can't read yet and the curriculum says they should be able to read, you know. No, oh. like that's yeah. – <laughs> it's Absolutely. just – no. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I love that you made that point, Emily. I think that's yeah. a very freeing point for people as well who think, you know, I talked about, oh, I really want to homeschool, but I can't. That's okay. Like that, you can bring that conscious awareness to whatever system you're working in and, and that's teaching children resilience and to be able to work with whatever's coming at you because you can't always control what life is showing up for you, but you mm-hmm. can – take out the the golden like learning and the the awesome moments and and the really bad moments that's been you know that's huge learning and I think I sort of said it at the start of that intro like when I reflect on my own school journey and go well what did I actually learn in school like when we sit and go what did we learn beyond you know the curriculum beyond maths and English but what belief systems did we learn in school about the world you know I know for me my people pleasing and feeling I need to be well behaved has come very much from the school system. Yeah, being a good girl, absolutely. All the um extrinsic motivation instead of like the uh-huh. inter- the ex- the internal motivation to to learn. Um, it doesn't happen because we're being rewarded with stickers or grades uh-huh. or whatever it may be, and um, that carries on into other parts of our life then as well where we just need to be rewarded externally all the time in order to feel valued and good enough and worthy and and all of these things. Um, So, yeah, I think that that's something as well that we need to be very conscious of. And actually I'm just going to go back to what you were talking about before because it reminded me of something that – when we, uh, Jill and I had a meeting like uh, probably a few years ago now um, with all people who were um, interested in, in conscious education and somebody, there was a homeschooler, a, a mum who had already been homeschooling her child there and somebody asked, do you still do things in the school holidays? And she, mm. uh, no, do you still do lessons in the holidays with, with your son? Does he still learn in the school holidays? And she just said, try and stop him. He's learning all the time. I cannot stop him from learning because he loves it and he's engaged in it and everything he does is a learning moment. It's not us sitting down at the table getting a workbook out Mm -hmm. and, you know, doing addition. It's just life. 
you learn so much from life. Like, and I think that really, when we look at say our smaller children and our babies, um, we don't ever teach them how to how to walk or how to sit or how to talk or Mm. you know even um I find like with my own children I never taught them how I didn't sit down and do a lesson on counting or colors Mm. we're constantly absorbing everything around them and they were just always learning and we never well I don't know maybe some people do but we don't put so much pressure on that I don't think but um as soon as they're in school there's mm. like this strange pressure that comes where we're like, oh, we need to be testing and making sure they're at a certain level. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, you know, you just have to watch like a very small child to to see how they'll go through that learning process of walking or crawling. And um, it's it's really fascinating to to watch it happen. And humans are born with that innate desire to learn and evolve and um you know from their environment so I think yeah and through play like children learn so much through play and that is about that foundation that you were saying before Emily about their well-being so that they they understand their inner connection because a lot of um once they go into school the way our current systems are set up and I think this is across the board whether it's like mainstream or alternative is that they're very quickly giving away their learning um, like autonomy, if that makes sense. Mm. Like it's someone else's choice to what you're going to learn and when you're going to learn it to, to mm-hmm. some degree. And I think that essentially also teaches children along the way to give up that connection to their inner wisdom and their intuition. I think things are getting better with that, but, you know, that trust in your inner self trust in your intuition I think for I know for people my age that was something that just wasn't even a thing in the school system and you know probably even they tried to like I don't think they tried deliberately but the way the system was set up they they took us away from that connection to our inner self which you know learning is that balance between the external and the internal that's like where the learning actually happens, I believe anyway, is when the external hits the internal and the internal starts to reflect the wisdom that's coming within. But if you don't have any trust in your own inner space, like your creativity and your imagination, it's just kind of facts and knowledge that's hitting you. I don't know. Does that make any sense? Just, yeah. yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um. Yeah, I actually was going to say something before, but it's gone out of my head because I was so engaged in what, in what you were saying. I think it's that play. Like me as an early child will teach you be the same as you, Emily. Like I'm a huge advocate for just play in the early years. And, you know, I mean in early years up to like seven and eight. I think when we I did my early childhood degree at ECU and I know the different unis have slightly different years, but mine was to, early childhood was considered um, zero to eight and mm. I know that if you would walk into most school environments, that, that seven, eight-year-olds doesn't look very early childhood to me. It doesn't look, I mean, actually four and five-year-olds doesn't look very early childhood to me anymore. And I think that's a real shame because I really do believe that that play that they're doing is building this awesome foundation for the later learning which is you know I'm not anti-kids learning maths and English I think it's I think that's what you know it's a beautiful things for them to learn in literacy and maths but if we just allow that foundation years to be built and then you know even with the maths and literacy like what about just spending the last years of primary school just focusing on the solid foundations of maths and literacy instead of this heavy curriculum that's trying to get them you know, it's just rushing. It's just rushing through everything and, and that's yeah. not real learning. That That's just ticking not a box really. to say, oh, we covered algebra, but does that mean 30 of the kids understood the algebra? Probably no, not. We just did a lesson <laughs> on it and, we yeah, we ticked that absolutely. And I know that I found from the program that I've been doing that, you know, I'm, I'm not um, including the curriculum in, in any way, but, of course, it's just – always always there in anything that we do and I could link 
you know, so many different things, even though I'm not looking at it. Um, and I'm just really focusing on their, um, their interests and, and, and going with that. But the amazing thing that I have found is that they've actually wanted to do the more uh, less anything like the maths or the mm. wrong or and they're actually really interested in that and the only thing I can think is that well it's not pushed they're not having to they don't all have to sit down and do it some children may be doing something different in another space mm-hmm. and those who are wanting to do it are here because they're fully engaged and, and committed to it you know um, and also I think another part of that is that when it's from their interests and their desires, they're gonna that's their motivation then. So that's their motivation yeah. to to learn. So I think like a great example of that is, you know, a lot of time um you'll hear parents who are getting worried, well, well, how will I teach my child to read? Um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, well, if they're interested in something and mm. they want to learn about it, how do you learn? And how do you find out more information about something? Say, I don't know, say a child's really interested in how a car works. Well, to find out how a car works, we might go to the library and we might get a book. And to find that mm. out that information, you need to be able to read. So that the motivation then becomes, well, I really want to learn about this specific thing. So that means I've got to learn to read to do that. And, yeah, it just ends up a flow-on effect of, of continuous learning but from a deep um, intrinsic, um, yeah, motivational. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like I always use the same, um, you know, sort of example, I guess, to people, I mean, you know, to look at the things as an adult that you've maybe studied or learnt, you know, and whether that's from a formal course or um, from a book or, you know, now listening, you know, to podcasts, like we're learning all the time in this kind of world, but think about the things that I know for me, I, I've, you know, I started, signed up to do my yoga teacher training, not because I wanted to be, um, a yoga teacher, but because I wanted to develop my own practice and understanding of the philosophy. And I was completely engaged and committed to that. Um, I think it was a one year, yeah, one year broken up into modules. You know, I made sure I was at all of them. I was at there there on time. I was completely engaged. I listened to what was going on. I used the practices because it, I was there for my choice, right? So, yeah, I was there because I wanted to be and I was completely motivated to be there. When I compare that to like occasionally, you know, when you're working as a teacher in a system, you know, when you get sent on a professional development course that maybe you don't actually really want to do, but it's saying you have to do it for whatever reason. And, you know, I've gone to those is where, where I don't really want to be there, but I have to be there or someone's told me I have to be there and I'm completely unengaged and I just sit there and I don't really absorb any of the information you know, like it's, whereas that, that's, yeah. it might not have been a fault of the teacher. Yeah. It's just that that engagement and the intrinsic motivation is not there. So I just, yeah. Totally. No, sorry. That was actually, a, it's a really good point because it just reminded me how much that was a realisation for me as an educator going to PDs of how mm. the kids must have felt sitting down all day, listening to something that you're not even interested <laughs> yeah. in and how you completely switch off and go somewhere else or you start fidgeting or you're like make an excuse to go to the toilet to get out of there and I'm like I'm like one of the kids in the class because I just (laughs) or and that was a huge realization for me and it was one of the things that was like okay something is needs to change here um so yeah no that was a really good point yeah I always um, use that example with the yoga teacher training as well because people I think often assume when I talk about natural learning that I'm you know very pro um I guess like not any structured teaching at all you know no structured learning no structured teaching and I guess because I talk about the opposite a lot I guess it's understandable that people you know maybe think that of me but you know, I, I love learning. I, I love that structured yoga, um, like teacher training course. And it was, it was structured, but he flew, you know, he was able to flow, sorry, in the content. But for me, it's like, well, I wanted to show up and get and sit in his 
space to hear his knowledge and his experience and his wisdom. Like for me, that's fascinating. If you've got a teacher who can teach you stuff, I think as adults, we all should still have our teachers. We still need our mentors. Again, mm-hmm. that's about not going, okay, well, I finished school at 17, so I've learned everything I need to know. So therefore, I will never have another teacher. Like that I means just not even realistic. We have teachers come into our lives all the time. So yeah, I'm definitely not anti-structured teaching and learning either. I'm just, it's about, well, how can we be more empowered in, in that structure? And, and for children as well, like they, they can be, if they learn from a really young age to, that they have choice in their learning journey and, you know, and they have choice in how they approach the challenges in their learning journey, that, that's just something that they can carry on through life instead of having to relearn some of those tools, you know, like for me, I'm still relearning and unraveling those belief systems I learned in school about, you know, um, yeah, being being well behaved, be a good girl. Um, yeah, that they're very deep seated. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's a huge motivation for me as well, um, for doing what I'm doing because we do spend you know, all of these years learning all of this stuff and then we have to spend almost the exact same amount of time unlearning all of the, you know, bad habits or the, I don't know how the right word for it, the negative things that we've been taught. And um, it just feels mm, like a waste mm-hmm. of time. Um, and why not just, you know, from the beginning be set up for, for success and, and to yeah, to really know yourself from um, a young age instead of having to know yourself when you turn, when you're in your 20s or when yeah. you're in your midlife yeah. or what you know. Yeah, it's very <laughs> true. And, you know, that's part of my, that's the teaching practice I try to use uh, with the kids that I work with now. It's, you know, I'll, I'll have like a little lesson plan, like I'll have an idea of what I want to explore with them. But then I'm always trying to be conscious of those what belief systems uh, am I sort of modelling or showing at the same time? Because to me, that's the more important aspect of it, you know, than than maybe the literacy concept I want to explore with them or the even the art concept, whatever that concept is, is it's more to me. Well, what? How am I delivering this learning? What belief systems am I modelling? while I'm showing up with these kids and I make mistakes like I make loads of mistakes with it because you know I've got my own conditioning but I and I think the teachers that taught me as a child didn't have the intention of wanting me to be a people pleaser that it was all subconscious I guess that's just my my point is that we when we deliver we keep um re-delivering these same belief systems from just not being conscious of what we're doing so I think ultimately that's conscious education is just, well, what are we teaching alongside the, the concepts and the curriculum? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so Annabelle, I'd actually really love to ask you because obviously you have mm. got little Ollie who's, you know, a little far away from going to school yet. But what do you feel like your school experience was like how do you feel about that and the system because like Jill and I obviously both teachers so yeah. um, kind of what we're talking about is like I guess coming from that angle but I'd love to know what it would what how you feel like just as a mum and as, yeah. as a woman really <laughs> like a totally totally so I could easily say, and I've said it for so long, that I just didn't think that school was for me or the school where I went or the system, I guess. So I was at a private school from like year three up until year 12, private girls school. And there was nothing against the school, but for sure it instilled this people-pleasing part. Like don't Mm. stand out. Um, you don't want to be picked out in the class, which I remember happening a couple of times when I was in primary school and the, the dread feeling when you look up from your desk <sighs> and the teacher's looking at you because, I don't know, you you took too long yeah. to close your tray or you were doing something you shouldn't have. You smiled oh, at someone from across oh. the room. Oh, I can, I can like, it's, it's in my body. My body remembers those moments yeah. so clearly. And just this concept of um, 
yeah, having to learn things that you just weren't interested in. And I guess that's maybe just a part of my personality. Like I feel like I'm, I love to learn. Like I love to learn the things that I'm really interested in and time just passes Mm. when you're in those zones. But then all of these other things that I just didn't care about. And I remember speaking to my parents and being like, I just don't care and I don't even remember <laughs> and I want to change schools and I want to do an apprenticeship and I want to do that. And it was very much, uh, and my parents are amazing by the way, but they were private and university. So it was always, I was always mm. going to finish school and I was always going to go to university and then I could do whatever I wanted basically. Um, so it was ticking these boxes to make my parents proud, I suppose, and not trying to stand out in the classroom, but, um, yeah, having to do these things. I just, I didn't care. I didn't care about study because I didn't care about <laughs> what I was learning. Um, and even if I did fashion design, which was great, but you were still mm, being judged mm-hmm. <laughs> so much on your creative expression that it took the joy away from it. Like judged if you dance, judged with sport. Like it was always, mm. it was never enough. Like you just could never just be you. And mm. for sure, um, yeah thinking about educating my son or yeah educating just seems like such a yeah strong word but like helping him learn and grow in this world like I want to yeah child-led for sure like I want to see while he's younger like what's exciting to him does he pick out this flower oh what's that that's the flower I don't know I'm just doing what feels right in my heart right now but I just don't I don't want him to have that same experience. I want him to feel enlivened by learning and by his school and really instill like what you're excited mm-hmm. about matters, like follow that, like that's important. And um, it may change all the time. That's great. That's exciting. You're allowed to change your mind. <laughs> you're allowed to follow the next thing that excites you. Uh, like you said, they're always learning. So uh, yeah, the system, of course, it's ticking boxes, but for sure, even university, like it was really mm-hmm. just a big tick for me to do. And then I was like, I'm done, cool. Like, and I'm not, I pass everything. I never fail. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> so yeah. it's very but, interesting. And I think, with, I think with the university thing as well, like, um, you know, because I think a lot of time questions come up, especially when you're homeschooling, well, what if they want to go to university? And, of course, there's always, always a way that um, – that kids can get into university if they've been homeschooled like that's that's not an issue at all but I also think that a lot of the time they're probably not going to want to because I think that really a lot of the time people go to university because they they finish school and they're just so used to being told what to do and being um yeah, in this kind of system, in this kind of setting, that doing anything else is actually quite scary and um, and frightening and feels overwhelming. So they just go on and just basically do an extension of schooling mm. so that they feel comfortable. And it's when then that they finish university that they're mm-hmm. stepping out of the comfort zone really mm-hmm. and into the workplace or into whatever it might be and then – yeah, and finding out whatever it is about themselves that comes up from that when they're not actually in a system anymore. Or perhaps they are in a system because perhaps they're going to a workforce that mm. is the same way where it's just um, being told what to do from from another person, from another mm-hmm. kind of top, you know. Yeah, 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 I agree. I mean, even, yeah, I don't think, I think, Jill, you mentioned, you know, you don't necessarily leave school mm-hmm. knowing who you are. Um, and so you're trying to figure that out as you, you grow. And I definitely did so much soul searching within yeah. my 20s, like to learn myself and learn what actually excited me and being like, actually, that's important. Yeah. And that's, that yeah, it's something. so important. <laughs> and I think it's that Basically. thing that's going well. If we went yeah. through a system in our early years that just allowed us to be ourselves. Um, you know, we wouldn't have mm-hmm. to do this. I mean, we're all, I think we're always going to soul search as, as humans, you know, but not in that space mm. of like it's, it wouldn't be coming from, a, it would come from a space of curiosity, not one of, oh, my God, like do I not fit or am I not right or, you know, all of those questions and, and mm. even just 
that your own thoughts are valid. You know, I, I really enjoy it. The one thing I did enjoy studying at uni was I did, like I said before, creative writing and philosophy, but both of those like areas of learning was all about what do I think? Like, what do I think? And where am I creative? And then when I switched yeah. to education, I was really surprised because it's a completely different sort of learning. It was literally, nobody wanted to know what I thought. This is just, this is how you teach. This is the philosophy. This is what you do. You know, like it, I, even to the point that there was mm-hmm. a woman there at the time who was a Steiner teacher as well. And I, I felt that the lecturers weren't even very supportive of her different approaches. You know, they, they had a very clear kind of idea of what was right. And, you know, I just remember thinking that it was a bit disappointing to study education after creative writing philosophy where it was all very inspired and about thinking and, and education didn't seem like that at all. And I remember being disappointed. But then, like you said, Emily, like education, when you're a teacher, you're just getting told what to do by the person above you. You know, like it's it's the, it, that's what the system looks like. It's just like I'll tell you what to do, you tell them what to do, <laughs> like which is the opposite of empowerment and autonomy yeah. for me. Um, but you said something, Annabelle, about, in your approach with your son, you said you're just doing what comes from your heart. And like, as soon as you said that, I was like, well, that's, mm. that's it. Like that is this intuitive knowledge that mm. mothers in particular have, but humans have, right. There is this intuitive way that we actually do know how to teach children. We know how to guide them. We know how to mentor. It's, it's just like, it's kind of being pushed, pushed back a little bit into our, you know, like space where we kind of don't feel like we're confident with it or maybe we are confident with it while our child's in the early years but once they get to school we're like, oh, I can't teach them anymore, you know, like I, I don't know. And and I think yeah. that's interesting as well because, again, that's about that intuitive space and that just natural understanding of what a small child needs. But then why do we suddenly go, oh, now they're in school age yeah. I don't know what they need anymore. Like I just think it's really interesting that we can be quite like just go, oh, yeah, five, I don't know anymore what they need. Um, I guess, yeah, it's interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It really is. Oh, so, Jill, what I want to talk to you about now is the wonderful course that you are doing as part of Conscious Education Mm -hmm. with Jessica tell us about it um you know I'm like I'm gonna say now I'm so excited for it I'm doing this course too um it's really something that is so so needed and I feel like it's going to be a real game changer for those people who take part in it so yeah Thank please you. tell us I'm what it's super, about. I'm super super excited about it as well I guess it was um you know, we had that inspiration. I had that inspiration to kind of do a course like this for, for a while just because I was doing, you know, t- doing my teaching under like as born wise and but you can only take a small amount of children really. Like you'd know as well, Emily, for your for your own program and, and those spaces fill up really quickly. And I had my own son, uh, my middle yeah. son, doing a program with another teacher called uh Jessica Wallace who I met just through this whole education journey in the same similar way to how I met you Emily and I really loved what she was doing and so she was teaching my son and I'm early childhood trained Jessica's primary high school trained and we just share that similar philosophy but more to the point we don't we're not doing it in the exact same way the way Jessica turns up and teaches is not the exact same way that I do and again that's not the exact same way that you do Emily but that's the beauty of it and so we decided well we got together to write this course and it all like it it just happened actually quite quickly in the end yeah so we um were at a cafe in Leaderville and timing wise it just ended up being quite uh, you know, it was beautiful. It was inspiring in that there was a full moon, there was an eclipse, and then there was a huge electric kind of thunderstorm with, you know, the lightning. It was just like a very, um, it was just a fun kind of interesting 
we had so many ideas going and we just were able to get this whole course down on our computers on paper in this like little window and it just felt really really good and we thought the more um teachers that we can get offering these kind of programs and I mean inside the system as well as outside the system, the more teachers and educators and just humans that we can get looking really closely at the education system and, you know, their own journey with education, I just feel like that's where these answers and new ways of learning will come from. So it's definitely not about me saying that I've got all the answers and I know Jessica wouldn't say she has all the answers but I feel like as we come together to explore education in this really deep rich way we can people will start to create their own ways like I just it's just one of those things I I kind of know and but in order to create these new ways we have to go back a little bit and unravel and a little bit similar in a similar way to we have in this conversation, just look at your education system, look at what it is serving and what it's not serving. And um, we're going to include a very practical, uh, creative and practical um, explorations, I guess you could say, within the modules because we want the modules to be taught and explored and approached in this philosophy of conscious education. So you know, I could talk about conscious education all day, but if you guys actually were to come along and experience conscious education as an approach to learning yourselves, you know, it'll just, it'll, it'll be something that you can really understand from a deep place. So there's five modules and each module is made up of two workshops and, um, yeah, they won't be just – it's not just a case of Jessica and I will sit there talking at you guys the whole time. It would be we're going to present ideas and inspirations and content to be explored as a circle of people, as a community of people, and then creative um, practices that will help the participants to really cement the learning but also that those creative practices can – and tools and techniques can be used in your work with children as well or your you know homeschooling journey or however it is that you're approaching education so yeah does that make sense wow cool so it's for just mothers anyone yeah educators educators um people who want to take a deeper look at their own um belief systems and educate that's a really important one for me just because it came as a shock when I started you know I would always go oh I had a great experience in school but that's pretty much just because I ticked the boxes and I got the stickers you know um when I actually looked at well what did I actually learn wow I really you know that's where my um you know all of that stuff we talked about before wanting to be the good girl that's like hugely comes through education so part of me unraveling that and changing some of that has to be going backwards in time and looking at the sort of experiences that allowed that belief system to evolve. So it's really mm. about creative um, creative community coming together and brainstorming. I think we call it brainstorming, heartstorming, soulstorming, whatever you want to use it, just to go, well, yeah, let's not sit around and wait for someone else to change the system. You know, that's, that's what I did for a long time as a teacher. I was working in the system and desperately waiting for someone to change it. I don't know who I thought. I used to write letters to Maggie Dent and petitions to the <laughs> government and all, just, des- you know, and, and Maggie Dent's doing awesome work to change stuff. But I hadn't, I was still operating from that space of someone else is going to change this. Someone else is going to fix this. Mm. I wasn't seeing it from, Hey, hang on. What can you do about this? Like, what are you empowered to be able to do? So that for me, again, opened, unlocked a lot of freedom. And instead of feeling stuck in an education system that didn't work, I was like, hang on, if we all get together and just start um, being really creative in our ideas and approaches and learning together. We'll literally come together to learn throughout those modules and workshops. And um, the idea is at the end of those workshops, there'll be a heap of people who are just feeling really empowered and inspired to to move forward in their own way. So, yeah, that's the whole aim of the course. I'm really excited about it because it's just this way of 
coming together as community and then learning through like relationships and inspiring each other and it will be a learning journey for the participants and myself and Jessica but then it will lead to like um, just different ways of being. So, yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, so cool. And and also, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can do the whole course or you can do specific modules that you feel called to? Yeah, exactly. So you can just sign up for individual uh, modules, which, you know, I've had a couple of teachers contact me who, you know, may have, um, you know, done a lot of their own work and they feel like there's certain modules that, you know, they don't feel they need to do, but there's others that are like, oh, I really want to do this one. The, the last module yeah. is empowered education and a lot of people seem to want to do that one. Like that one's super uh, popular, but most people have just signed up for the whole the whole series yeah and for people who have um do complete that the whole series um which will take place over this year there's like I think there's one workshop a month between February and November on Saturday mornings the people who complete all of those workshops will then have an opportunity to apply for a mentorship type apprenticeship program where you can come and you know work alongside myself or Jessica or a few other teachers that we'll have in the mix just to to keep that learning development going so yeah awesome oh this is so exciting yeah I love it well tell us where we can find it if someone wants to jump on and and even just find you yeah awesome well my um I finally have a website so it gave me a long time to do it but I have a website now and it's at um www.bornwise.com.au and you can find out all of the programs and um workshops that I do in that space but there's a specific page on there for educators and that is where this transform education course is we probably shouldn't have I'm just as I said that we shouldn't have called that page for educators because it's it's supposed to be beyond um, educators but anyone can be an educator actually anyone is an we're educator all, we're all we are educators. all educators so yeah that's actually okay there's a page in there um with all the information on transform education and then of course you could just get in contact um with myself or Jessica Jessica's at um inspired education uh, or myself through Born Wise. And yeah, I'm happy, more than happy to talk to people about it as well because it's, it's just something that's, yeah, it's been really interesting to work through. And it's also just to see how people have jumped on board with it as well is really exciting and inspiring for me. So just to know that this is like something I think a lot of people want, a lot of people want to see change and transformation in the way we learn. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, we will link that and we will link your Instagram and your Facebook when we when we post this. Um, so, yeah, thank you so, so much for being here today and for sharing all your wonderful wisdom and, and wise words and, yes, for always inspiring everybody around you. Oh, thank you. Uh, thanks for um, having me here. So it's really nice to talk to you both and just hear your perspectives as well. I always find that really interesting and inspiring. So thank you. It's good to talk to you guys. Yeah. All right. Thank well, you. We hope, I hope you have a beautiful day and um, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hey Mama podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please share with friends and follow our social media pages to keep up to date with the latest episodes. We hope you're having a beautiful day, Mama.